Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Daily Podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. Necronominoms. Joining us, as always, is our co-host, Beck. Hello. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> you know, it just came out. Don't it call just me came out. out. Let's just go. You just Yes, and, Beck. Yes, and. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've had an interesting day today. <laughs> Did you now? Uh, yeah, I, I woke up today. And my fiance is like, oh, hey, something weird happened. And I was like, something weird? She's like, yeah, it's kind of bad. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, so our high school teacher died. And I was like, okay. And like, how, why that's significant is that my fiance and I went to the same high school and everything. And it was our art teacher. So we both shared that art teacher. And it's kind of how we learned and grew as artists, right? And um, she died. Oh. And, um, she's 64. We don't know what, the, what she died from. We think cancer or something, but um. So what ha- ended up happening is like that. That's kind of important to us, just as a person. Like any other teacher, I probably wouldn't care about. But like, whenever art is like our main field, we're like, oh, we should go to the funeral. <laughs> so well, she died yesterday. Um. So I, you know, we woke up and I'm like, I did like one hour of work, and she's like, okay, now we got to drive an hour to go back to where our parents live, like our hometown, and go do that. So we went there and did all they had that. The funeral and, um, the next day. Yeah, I was wow. like, I thought I was getting trolled because I was like, Kayla, are you sure he died like yesterday? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, huh, I'm going to assume they just knew she was going to die. Yeah, as someone with experience in this area, uh, that's very soon to be having a funeral if he'd like just died the day before. Yeah, she yeah, she just died the day like day before, unless like she misread to me and maybe it was like two days prior, but that's still pretty fast to me. Yeah, but like, usually it's like a week or something week. like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. But we were just, we got the whole article and everything. So maybe it was like a couple days, but like, I I looked at the article, it said like the 12th on it, which is yeah, for us today is yesterday. So I was just like, okay. So like maybe it was day prior, because maybe it takes some time to write the article. But um, yeah, that happened. It was kind of sad. It was sad. I'm not going to say kind of sad. It was sad to see everything. And um, yeah, it was just impactful. because. 64 is pretty young i feel um yeah for sure um i definitely get it like as far as my high school goes i can think of maybe one person who wasn't a teacher she was like the the counselor who i would be pretty sad to hear that she passed uh so i definitely get that yeah and that that was just probably like the only like high school teacher like i would think of that i'd be like just upset about and just probably impactful now I'm not going to say she actually like completely really liked Kayla, my fiance and I, even though we were like the art club presidents, like during our respective years and stuff, or I was vice president. Um, I think she just kind of like, upset us because we do like anime art all the time. And you're like, that's not going to take you anywhere. Every art teacher says to a kid who draws anime, but like um, anime is extremely popular right now. <laughs> it's extremely popular, but it's like, a bad thing to draw if you're trying to become a professional artist. Just, yeah. You're, well, I'm saying this with finger quotations. Like, every art teacher will tell you that pretty much. It will discourage you really hard. But, like, you know, we... I, if I could take extra art classes, I, I would. I was vice president, I think, during my senior year. And, like, I was always in that class. So it was just impactful for me. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning because that's what I spent most of my day doing because it's an hour-long drive and yeah i didn't expect to do that but did you do anything outside of gaming 
Uh, we spent uh, yesterday specifically shopping for dresses for my little sister. She's got homecoming coming up, and so okay. uh, pretty weird thing for me to do because I don't actually contribute. I'm just the person who drives, so yeah. kind of just sitting there. I brought my Switch with me so I can uh, play games while I'm waiting, but uh, didn't have much to contribute. Well, yeah, I, I understand that where you just you're just like you're the guy and there's nothing for you to really do, essentially. Yeah, you know what really sucks? Malls just don't have places to sit most of the time. Like the the stores I thought the whole thing was that they had places to sit and then you could sit there while you're waiting. That was the whole point, but they just don't have seating anymore. Like none of the places have a place to sit for the most part. I spent so much time just trying to stand out of the way as someone who just wasn't there for anything other than to like drive the people home i just tried to find a place where i wouldn't be in anyone's way and it was impossible sit in the middle of the floor and be that kid playing their <laughs> switch um speaking of switch we've been playing switches lately yeah uh, in our friend group which is splatoon <laughs> yeah so, splatoon 3 to be specific yeah 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 not splatoon 4 and we're not ready that we're not quite there yet uh Splatoon 3 just came out. We talked about it last week. Um, now, I've played Splatoon games before, but this was your first time playing one, right? Yeah, it was. What's your impression so far? Like, you only have like an hour or so, probably like maybe three hours of gameplay. I don't know. Uh, however long we played last night, plus like maybe a couple hours. So probably three or four hours. Um, Yeah, it was. I mean, it's pretty fun. Um couple things to get used to is the controls obviously i used i was trying to get used to the gyro controls because that does feel like at the end of the day the best way to play i'm never good at strictly just joystick control so having a little bit of extra aiming room seems appropriate but getting used to that is a bit of a challenge plus um after that it's really just learning everything i mean it's the same thing as any game especially when you're playing multiplayer is just learning how the game works there's so many different weapons and stuff. So whenever you're going against people, you're inevitably going to find something that you don't know. So either you learn it later or like in this case, I'm playing with y'all. So I get the chance to ask y'all questions if I need to, which is helpful. Um, yeah. Other than that, I've been having mostly a good time, I think. Uh, yeah. Just a little to better it. than a, a little better than playing League of Legends or something. <laughs> Yeah, that was sort of the selling point for me was whenever it was three out of four of the friend group bought it. I'm like, well, if I buy this, I won't have to play League of Legends as much. <laughs> yeah, like whenever Which we is were talking. Kind of worth I was, $60. Maybe. I was like trying to like, because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting it no matter what. And our other friend is getting it. And then I was like, oh, man, our other friend is getting it too, like out of our friend group. And I was like trying to convince you to get it. And like I was like, oh, they're all playing it, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't want to spend sixty dollars. And then you eventually just said, well, I don't have to play League of Legends. And I was gonna like say something else to try to convince you, and I went, no, yes, you don't have to play League of Legends. <laughs> and I was just like, lean yes. into this. <laughs> I was like, this is now your point. Take it, run with it. <laughs> and um, yeah, you sold yourself on it essentially. Um, yeah, I would say like the gy gyroscope aiming is what like, but whenever I played Splatoon two, a little bit of one. Um, I did not have a pro controller, so I was using gyroscope aiming just with the Switch itself, which is terrible. Don't do that. Um, 
and I found a good setting for Splatoon 3. Like I went through a few lists of what other people did, like what weapon types for like what ranges they did. And I was like, oh, I found a good middle ground, which was like 3.5 gyroscope and like one of the stick motion control. So it's, it'd be 3.51 or vice versa. Um, and I ended up liking that. It's I, like going from like mouse and keyboard to controller because normally I'm playing a shooting game with mouse and keyboard. Um, it feels a little bit like I have a little more control doing that. Um, so I definitely recommend playing around with the sensitivity until you find something you're comfortable with. Um, playing with a bunch of different weapons, too, is where you'd be like, oh, I like this weapon, so what sensitivity should I be more comfortable at, essentially? Right. Yeah, because you played around with the sniper, <laughs> which was probably completely different from just the uh, the initial gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was like a little different. First of all, when I first bought it, I was expecting it to be more of a traditional sniper, uh, the first one doesn't have a scope, uh, and it's also not like a super long range. Nope. So that was, you know, a bit different. Um, and then also playing with that, I was like, well, you know, this feels bad because I'm not aiming well enough that I'm killing things. And if I'm not doing that, I should at least have a weapon that lets me like spray the ground more for like turf war. So I just swapped back after that. Cause I'm like, it's not worth it right now. Maybe when I get a little better at aiming, I'll try it again or try a different weapon. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a few different snipers that like they'll have different speeds and ranges to them. I think there's seven snipers. There's a there's a lot of snipers. I will say more so than like a, some of the other types where there's only like two different versions of them. Um, like there's a bamboozler, which I I always say is closer to like an apex like thirty thirty maybe, where it's just like quick shots but less damage, but like two shots from that gun will kill you. Like most of the snipers kill you in one or two shots anyways. So that's not like a big deal, but then there's other snipers that will have a scope where as you're charging up the gun, it'll start to zoom in, which is a little weird. It's not like you just zoom in instantly, uh, but I think they are quite long range, uh, but not super far range. Like you could just sit in your home base and snipe someone from their home base. Like that's never going to happen with uh, a sniper per se, but it, I, I, an ultimate special ability yeah, you can definitely murder people from across the map with those. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a question for you because you've, you've played both uh, Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. Um, I've seen multiple reviews now for Splatoon 3 where like the headline is essentially something along the lines of uh, old game, new polish. Would you say that like that feels kind of correct or? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah. So. It's okay. like all they really added to it was like because two added a lot more from one like they, they added octolings which was a whole because like which were like the enemy archetype but they could just play it as them they're just essentially inklings but octopus oriented um and they added certain weapon types like the dual dolies which is the dual wielded pistols which are the doling weapon for like the high skill players um but where this one this one only added two weapon types and it added a few different skills or uh, specials, which are like your big ultimate abilities, but like not too much else. I think they added what's called like the squid roll or dash or something. It's the the flicking roll we were doing. I think that's a new thing, but like that's more of a, like an advanced movement technique. I um, see. Yeah, and like it, they just polished. I would say like connectivity. Like it's not perfect. It never will be. You're gonna disconnect eventually or like someone's gonna queue and you're just gonna have to close the game out and reopen it. Which it actually opens quite fast, uh, to me at least and our other friends where it's just like 
you just have to do it if someone starts queuing. I believe there's no cancel. Um, but yes, it does just feel like more of two, just a little better. Okay, yeah, because I've seen multiple review outlets that have put that some version of that as their headline, and it just felt like kind of repetitive. And so I was wondering, as someone who played the game before, if you'd uh, say that's correct. Yeah, it's, I'd say so. Like, so about four weapons were added. So it's the the katanas, the spatanas, which are like windshield wipers. One's a windshield <laughs> wiper. One's one's like a chainsaw, essentially, which is really cool. And the bows. Um, and then the specials were like the, it's like a dolphin dive. I forget it's what it's called, but like you're like, you turn into a dolphin and you dash at the enemy and then explode at the end of it. Kind of like a Malphite alt. <laughs> okay. Um, um, there's a few other ones like the refresher, like the little thingy you put down and like, it's like a soda and it boosts essentially your speed stats for everybody once. Uh, there's one or two other special oh, there's the one like you zip line around the map like spider-man and then you like retract back to a point and there might be one or two other ones but yeah like that's pretty much all they added some new maps um yeah just more of the same and like they rebalanced all the weapons so if one weapon was performing really well they might have given it a different utility ability like the grenades and stuff and then it gave it give it a different special to balance it out because some of the weapons the main weapon just performs really well but yet the utility would be like, oh, this is just tracking, like a tracking grenade that just tracks enemies. And then the ultimate bike might be like a subpar ultimate that you might not normally use or might not be as, uh, like I want to say in a pro setting, not as useful, but still useful in like a casual match. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I've been having it fun with it. It's just another different thing for us to all do. I think we'll probably keep playing it for a while because it's, like League of Legends, the PvP, and then there's, there's PvE elements to it, and um, yeah, I also what another another thing I found there's a card battling thing in the game because you yeah. collect packs of cards. It's like Dungeon Dice monsters, kind of, and I love it. That's I'm gonna, lovely. Yeah, I'm gonna delve super into it, but the, they don't ever tell you where to go for it. I had to walk around the main uh, city to find it because okay. there's normally normally for like all, everything else, like weapons and armor, like the, the stuff like that. There's just you could teleport to it. Um, after you press like X on your controller, you're like, "Here's a lobby. Here's the weapons store." There isn't a point for it on the map, I believe. You just have to walk to it, uh, which is a kind of a fun thing to find. And then the story—I don't—I don't think there's much to say in the story. Like, if you like the story, just do it. It's gonna have you play every weapon. It's it's fun. I only did like maybe a couple hours of it. I'll, every day, I'll I'll just play like an hour or two of the story and then go back to PvP or PVE and Salmon Run. Uh, oh, one other big thing: Salmon Runs twenty four seven. So you can always do Salmon Run. Normally that was bound to an event that you could only do like once a week, I believe. So like, it's cool that you could just play PvE with your friends whenever you want. Right, okay. But yeah, we can move on to the other big event that happened. The Nintendo Direct. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that happened today as of recording. Um, sat down and watched it, just wrote down some of the uh releases and stuff this isn't everything by any means but this is some of the more notable things uh very first thing they opened up with was the new fire emblem uh they're coming out with a new fire emblem this one's called fire emblem engage uh the basic premise of this one that makes it unique is uh they are trying to incorporate old characters into the game so i imagine there will be more details later uh from what i gather from the trailer it looks like you're going to be able to 
have uh, older characters help out through equipping their rings. There's going to be a ring attached to certain characters, like Marth was the one that they prominently showed. Um, uh, whenever you equip the ring to a character, that character kind of like is it becomes like your stand. It looks like like there's just a little soul of the character behind you uh, while you attack. Uh, I imagine that means that you get stat buffs and abilities. Uh, it looks like there's some form of like ultimate attack that gets uh, added later on where they kind of like fuse together or something. I'm not sure on the details. I imagine, like I said, that they'll uh, have more details as they go. Okay, uh, that's that's an interesting route, I guess. I guess the only other thing was uh, some people were saying that the uh, main character you can be looks like a VTuber. Is it the character with the red and blue hair yeah that this uh crest toothpaste looking <laughs> yeah yeah you that's the one like, like some crest <laughs> uh, yeah cool are you gonna play this um maybe uh i never actually finished uh three houses so um... yeah, i'm not super big on these i played one like on the game boy and then another one on like the gamecube and i was like I'm good on this. If I'm going to play a strategy game, I'm going to play something else. <laughs> I like them. Uh, it's mostly just the thing about like paying money for them. Uh, that's why I just haven't really played the Switch because that's the most expensive console I have. Yeah, yeah. like if you're playing a AAA game, you're you're spending $60 most likely, unless you're playing something more indie or like not triple X, but double X oriented. Yeah. Uh, other games that were announced, uh, they announced Fatal Frame for the Switch. Uh, anyone who's a fan of that, that was the one where you, it's like a horror game where you walk around and have to use your camera to fend off ghosts and stuff. Yeah, spooky. Yeah, spooky. I, I've watched gameplay and speedruns of these. It's yeah. Very scary. Uh, this one was just funny. Uh, there was a boxing game that was based on Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Yeah, I saw there was, like the uh this is like one of the few things I saw with Nintendo Direct like first was like people reacting to it and they're like oh, Fist of the North Star. Oh, it was like just that fast where they like showed it for a second and then boxing. Yeah. That was I was like I audibly was like oh. Uh because I was looking at like oh uh, the first reaction that I got from it was like this looks kind of like Jump Force. Uh, what is this doing here? And then it turned into boxing. I was like, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> that's so strange. Yeah. Um, so they got, uh, next one was a uh, story of seasons, a wonderful life. So new entry in the story of seasons series, uh, coming to the switch. Uh, this one, the main thing that was interesting was, uh, your character and the other characters around you actually grow up. Uh, oh. so they continue to age as you go. I am wondering about the implications of that because no one's immortal, right? You're going to have to die eventually if you continue to age. Yeah, I mean, there's other games that have put in aging into games and normally it would, you just, that's your time limit. It's just like, it's it's like, oh, you're going to play this for probably like a week and then your character's dead or something. And then maybe you start over or something. Yeah. Uh, the implications of this, uh, one of the big implications is that you can go have a baby with someone and your child actually grows up as opposed to other games where you can have a child and they're just always a baby forever. Yeah. So that's sort of interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, other announcements, there was Octopath 2, uh, Octopath Traveler 2. That one, they just did like a sort of story trailer with a little bit of gameplay. Gameplay was pretty much the same. Uh, there's just going to be new characters, new stories, new uh, like class combinations. Um, they look like they're going a bit in the future time-wise where uh, this is around sort of industrial era in some places where there's like trains and uh, factories and stuff like that. Okay. Our, you and our friend keep talking about Octo the mobile Octopath game, and I was like, okay, I thought they already had an Octopath 2, but this is Octopath 2. Yeah, the other one was just a mobile game. <laughs> With microtransactions. Yeah. Imagine I have not played that like, game in a while. Okay, this let's just be a sixty dollars game with microtransactions. Oh, that would be dumb. Uh, <laughs> hey. I'm sure it'll have like DLC or something like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, there was another like life sim style game, uh, similar to like something like Story of Seasons, uh, called Fail Farm. Uh, this one I brought up because this is by Phoenix Labs. Um. They were the ones who did that game. Uh, what was it called? Dauntless. Okay. That was the uh, the Monster Hunter style game. Yes. Uh, so that's same people that did that. Well, that's cool. So it looked pretty interesting. Um, looked like something to try out. It's very interesting that they took that direction for genre. It's like a wild shift. Yes, like a very big shift. Yeah. But uh, it looked it looked pretty interesting. Is this a multi yeah online multiplayer? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, next one was uh actually Pikmin, so they kind of trolled people on this one, uh, because so Shigeru Miyamoto popped up and was talking about Pikmin, and the first thing he talked about like you think like when he says Pikmin you're like oh god it's coming it's coming. And then he talks about Pikmin Bloom. Pikmin Bloom is their AR game. This is, uh, it was something along the lines of like Pokemon Go or something like that, where you have these little Pikmin that you can feed and nurture, and then you go plant flowers with them and stuff like that. And that was like pretty much it. Uh, and he just started talking about how much he loved that game and was like, oh, here's, look, you can see on the on the phone, like, here's my phone. This is where I've gone. I've been in, like, Kyoto. I've been in Tokyo. I've been to Osaka. Like, um, just going through all the rigmarole of this app. <laughs> um, and then he kind of closes out, and he's like, oh, and by the way, here's this. And then he announces Pikmin 4. <laughs> oh, my. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, it was hilarious and, uh, they didn't give much on Pikmin 4. He, uh, it was pretty much just a title card and like a screenshot and a little bit of a talk about like the concept they were going for gameplay wise, but not too much about it. So I think there's going to be some, uh, more talk about it in the near future, but for now there's not much information on it. Well, that's cool though, that it's finally coming out after like seven years or whatever. So Yeah. People have been really waiting on that one. Absolutely. I was like messing around with our friend last night saying how like, oh, new Nintendo Direct. That means new Pikmin. He's like, I'd love a new Pikmin. And then I just showed him like meme images. And then it's just like next day it actually did happen. I'm like, oh, 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 shit. <laughs> now I'm going to talk to him. And he's going to think I'm actually trolling. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. So 
Uh, next one. This one was kind of interesting. I just put it down. Uh, it was called Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, this one was sort of like a JRPG style thing, but you're um, solving mysteries as like a, a new member of like a special society. You have this uh, like sort of ghost thing following you called Shinigami. That's just their name. Um, very silly looking uh, antics that happen in it. And then like there's quote unquote combat uh, that happens sometimes, but the combat is you cutting down like words and like stuff like that. Like you, it's like you're having an argument, but they frame it as a fight with like, like you have a sword and everything and you're like cutting through like words and phrases and stuff uh, okay. to try to defeat them. <laughs> okay. sounds like typing of the dead style. Like, kill him with words type of thing or but you're actually cutting through it okay yeah um it seemed kind of silly but like it wouldn't be something it, it would be something that i might be into uh just looking at it um and i don't know if that is like i i should look up and see if there's other games in that uh title or if that's like a new ip because uh, I don't actually know. It was just definitely not like the same as, um, you know, other stuff that has been coming out as like a new thing. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was also by the people, the same people who did Danganronpa. So that was the other interesting thing oh. about it. And yeah, those games are pretty strange as far as like detective like games go. So, yeah. So yeah. It's not surprising that they're doing something else that's weird. Yeah, but I think it's a new IP. Um, last but not least, the thing that most people were hoping for, I think, was uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This is the Breath of the Wild sequel. They gave it a new name. Uh, there wasn't much. Again, this was a very uh, vague trailer. They showed like some... They opened up with some cinematic like hieroglyphs and stuff like that, and then... The actual gameplay they showed was mostly just Link jumping off of stuff and, like, flying around and climbing. So, just how Breath of the Wild plays. So, it's not called Breath of the Wild 2? No. It's called Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. So, Which, it's like... Yeah. There was a leak, I think, at some point where they said that it wasn't going to be called Breath of the Wild 2, if mm, I recall. Yeah, it, it makes sense, because, like, most Zeldas, except for the actual second one are just they're not actually called like sequel like numbered sequels they're just like here's this line of games this is just a continuation of that story essentially or within that same zelda line we, we've looked at like line how the zelda story splits and weaves uh so it'll just be part of that story or whatever yeah um that's all i got for uh the nintendo direct I like I said, it's not everything by any means. There's a lot of like just filler stuff. I mean, there was stuff like uh, the Kirby Dreamland remake. Uh, they were doing that. So, I mean, that's pretty significant, obviously. But uh, it was a lot of remakes and remasters. OK, well, that's good. Probably just on a new console and people just be able to play it on the switch or whatever or PC. Yeah. Well, switch. But yeah. <laughs> OK, we can uh, talk about some other news. Oh, uh, so we can talk about this real quick just to see how you feel about it um, since we're on Nintendo anyways. Uh, they announced for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the uh, Let's Go auto battle function. I don't know if you saw that. 
that's like where they tossed out the Pokemon and it went off on its own, right? Yeah, that's essentially what it is. The Pokemon gets tossed out. You let them go on their own. They can collect items. They can just kind of go around and battle Pokemon. Uh, they frame it as a way to like let you take care of some of the grinding without having to dedicate your own time to it. So you can spend time kind of exploring the area and stuff like that, looking for your own items. Um, I think that's cool. Like, I don't necessarily like the actual grinding in Pokemon. Yeah, it's not for everybody. That's like they've they've kind of streamlined grinding for the most part in Pokemon games with like experience share just being a one hundred percent thing for every Pokemon in the party already. So like they kind of streamlined it a little bit already over the course of a few games. I think since like the fifth one, I think it was it's been like that. Um and even so more on like other ones where they like kill you every step you take almost. Yeah. But uh yeah, like this is gonna this reminds me of Oh, uh, there was one where you like so like there's leaving your Pokemon at the daycare, and I just level up at the daycare. That's always been a thing since the second generation. Nothing new there, but um, there was another one where I think when the Pokewalker was introduced for the remix of Gold and Silver, you could put like a Pokemon on it, and like you you would go out and do your daily stuff, and then when you come back, you could put take the Pokemon back off, and it would have gained some amount of experience. And it being yeah. fairly a fairly insignificant amount of experience, like one or two levels. So like this to me is probably going to be like that, where it's just like it's a thing. You can do it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's more it's, it, like in the video. Yeah. I think I just saw the Pokemon go off and like do its own thing. And I was just like, oh, OK. Um, some people probably won't like it, but like it's not like the game is auto battling the whole game for you. Like it's yeah. just more. It's, it's nice, I think. Yeah, some people are complaining, oh, it just makes Pokemon easier, or, like, there are other people who are like, what happens if your Pokemon meets a shiny? But, um... It, it, it kills it and tells you about it. <laughs> if my Pokemon meets a shiny and kills it, don't even tell me it happened, please. I would love if it told you. <laughs> no. If you were like, hey, how are you doing? And then it was, like, just a little blurb of, like, sparkles or something like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I like, found a shiny. Oh. What'd you do? I took it out. It's like skull and crossbones. Uh, yeah, it's like ah. Uh. <laughs> it'd be you know if it maybe told you like the location of a shiny, it'd be like yeah, I went over in those bushes next to this town, and I encountered a shiny. Maybe if you like can go to that area and the, and the shiny's just there, that'd be cool. Like I hey, that's that's breaking down some RNG to me at least. Like that'd be cool. But like yeah, I don't mind this. Like to me, I think it's just gonna be like. A thingy that happens for people who are like playing very casually like they're like oh i could do this and they send it off their pokemon comes back with a few like potions or whatever and like it gains two levels like after like i don't know how much time let's just say a couple hours or something but like to people who are like playing these games hardcore they're not even gonna touch this they're just gonna like be like okay this takes too long i'm gonna go beat the game today and then by the time they beat the game their pokemon's gonna come back and be like hey i'm level 14 now like this isn't gonna even impact the like serious people i think and i just think they're being just negative over nothing yeah um yeah the first the only thing i can say is the first thing i thought of before i actually read what it was was i was thinking about the um thing i don't know when it was introduced but where you could go send your pokemon out on jobs i don't know if you remember i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking it might have been sword and shield that it was introduced but i don't know many of the earlier games so i could be wrong but it was essentially like I think you did it at your PC and you just uh, like had a list of jobs available and it would 
uh, have you like put in a certain types of Pokemon to get a success out of it. They would uh, get experience and then they will also bring back some like stuff for you. I do remember this. Yeah, this was also a way to like um, EV train them, I believe, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was just for this. Like every every game has had their own unique play on that, I believe. But not exactly specifically that. But yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's like jobs, but probably more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's fine. I don't think there's any problem with this. I would probably use that feature just to. Yeah. Because yeah. I like exploring uh, and like making sure I get all the items off the ground. So if I can just yeet out my Pokemon to go do whatever while I do that, that's fine with me. I don't like the grind. Uh, like I like the result of the grind. I don't like grinding. Yeah, to me, the grinding is the gameplay, essentially. So like I don't mind the grind, but I'll also use this because from my perspective, I believe this will just be a thing that you do. Like that's just going to take. It depends how long this takes. If you do it and it only takes like a few minutes and your Pokemon comes back and it's gained levels, then that's pretty cr- good. Like it's as far as like being a thing, like strong. But like if you do it and it's like kind of how what I'm expecting it to be, where it like takes hours or something, like then it's just gonna be like this isn't gonna really affect anybody. It's just gonna be a cool thing that happens. Yeah. So it really depends how fast it is. But regardless, I think I'll do it too. Just send off a, a weak Pokemon to go do something. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we can move on. I was just curious on I I know you like Pokemon, so I was wondering how you felt about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh what's going on with Overwatch 2 here. Uh I thought this was interesting uh cuz it made me think about stuff. So, uh it was recently announced that Overwatch 2 would have its new characters locked behind the battle pass. Uh, it's still like the free portion of battle pass. You get it for free. You just have to play the game. Uh, I think that like, uh, so this is first, uh, suspected because it sounded like, uh, the new support character Kiriko was going to have to be unlocked that way. And then they later confirmed. Yeah. So this is how characters are going to work. Uh, they said that uh, if you miss the character in the battle pass, there will be a chance to acquire that character again in reruns. Uh, they didn't really specify how that would work because obviously, you know, how long until the next rerun, if they're, especially at the beginning of the game, releasing characters, you know, every uh, round of the battle pass, right? Then that would mean that you would have to wait a while to get to the next battle pass that has the character that you missed. So, um, this made me think about things where like there is both a problem with this and not a problem with this. Uh, the not problem thing that I'm thinking about is like most games do have this thing where you have to unlock characters anyways. Uh, the, the only problem is like, if it's a game you paid for, I don't think you should have to do that necessarily. Um, but with this specifically, you're not unlocking a characters the way that you would unlock characters in like League, for example, where it's just play games, earn currency, spend the currency. This is you need to be playing for that specific um, uh, portion of time. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait until the next time it's available. Yeah, like. This is kind of like, oh, just what how I'm thinking of it. It's just a way to get people to continue playing, like if they like the game, but like 
are casual about it maybe they'll like play it for a couple hours and then like let the game go right but like yeah. this will keep people coming back to it where they're just like oh new character dropped i'm gonna play till i get that character unlocked and then they're probably just gonna drop it again properly but like this will just have people coming back now for like this is another example of like the people who take these games seriously are going to be playing anyway so they're getting these characters for free anyways because this is part of the free portion of the battle pass there's yeah like you said there's ne- they're never going to be paid right yeah, you can pay the way you would pay on a normal battle pass and get it that way because, you know, you're advancing your battle pass. You'll just get the free stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. Um, how did you unlock, unlock characters in Overwatch 1? They were oh, already yeah. unlocked. I was actually going to mention this because I think this is the other problem that Overwatch fans don't like about it is because they've already set the precedent in over in the original Overwatch of the characters just being available to you from day one. Like even when like a new one came out, you just had it. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I only played like Overwatch for like a couple hours. Like I didn't play it enough to really <laughs> play it with new characters ever. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... the, 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 yeah. I agree with the president already set. This is kind of like a, a negative president where you're like, oh, now I got to work for the characters. I got to actually play the game to unlock characters. Yeah, but like I can't I don't think Overwatch 2 is going to be free to play. Uh, I should probably double check before I eat my words. I was going to ask another dumb thing. I'm like, is that game out yet or is it out already? Why are they showing new characters? What's going on? When does it come out? Like I (laughs) like if you told me it already came out, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Okay, so it is going to be free to play. So it looks like that's just how they're doing it is just switching to that model. Yeah, it's not as bad if it's free to play, but it is something that I think is jarring for original fans of the first game to go to overwatch two and be like, where are my characters? I imagine you obviously would have to have some to begin with, uh, obviously, but yeah, that's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like where, okay. So, so for for my initial response is that's fine. It doesn't bother me as much. Like I would think of it in the, um, way I think of apex where like if the new character came out, and then, like, I had to play, like, 20 or so levels into the battle pass to unlock them, I'd be probably kind of annoyed, even though, like, just the free portion of the battle pass, like, the top portion, not the paid bottom portion. Um, I'd be kind of annoyed. So I guess that would be my initial response. But what also kind of annoys me a little bit more is that if I miss that battle pass, I ha- I can't play that character. Right? Yeah. I have to wait for them to come back. Is that the gist of it? Yeah, that is the main problem that I think is more than anything else, more than, you know, setting a precedent of having free characters and like, uh, you know, having to uh, pay if you don't want to play, which is dumb. Uh, just the main thing of if you miss that character, you're going to have to wait till it comes back. Uh, this is the information we're getting so far. If they have like a makeup way to, you know, make up for it at some point, that would be better. But you don't know until they give you more information. We're kind of going off of what they've given us now, which that's just how battle passes work. When the battle pass ends, there's a new battle pass. So unless they're just giving the same character again, which doesn't make sense for a battle pass. Uh, Cause why is it even on the battle pass? If you're just going to consistently have the same thing over and over again. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense if it's not that way. I think they have a few different ways they do it where like whenever they introduce so like let's just say this is season one and this is the character on season one whenever they do season two or maybe three whatever character is on there this character would be like just an additional character on it maybe somewhere 
on the later portion of the battle pass or maybe on an earlier portion of it. Yeah, that would be another way to do it, too. If you could just theoretically always have access to that character in every battle pass, then it wouldn't be as bad, depending on where it is on the battle pass. I also think this wouldn't be a problem if it turns out that it's just earlier in the battle pass. Like, if the character is, like, if it's a level 40 battle pass, I don't know what it is for Overwatch 2. I don't think they said yet. And, like, the character was available at, like, level 10, right? That's probably fine, you know? Within the first like quarter of the battle pass, you can get it with a little bit of work. Then it's the same as any other game. Apex Legends, uh, you mentioned that as an example. I don't have uh, like all the characters. I'm missing like four or five characters because that game takes forever to earn the currency, especially if you don't play that much like I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I play like every, I play a few times a week. I don't play for very long. Only like a couple hours with our friends at night. And I'm missing two characters. Um. So, and I didn't play consistent. Like I've missed seasons. We we all have. Um. So like, yeah. And that that none of the characters are like battle pass restricted. It's just the currency that you get for unlocking characters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like yeah. As as you said, if they're early on in the battle pass, that's fine. But like, if it was like Apex, where like because the very end of an Apex pass, essentially it refunds you however much money you put into it, and then there's like a goal, like a whatever the gold rarity, the highest rarity of like a weapon, like it's a skin for it. If that was the place of the character to unlock, ah, oh, that would take some, like you couldn't play casually and unlock that. Like, yeah, you'd have, you'd have to be like, well, you could still be casual, but you'd have to be like a casual everyday type of player where you're just playing like an hour or two every day. I wouldn't want to say maybe. It is also a little worrying because I, I'm thinking of Fortnite specifically when I think of this, but it's worse in this case. So there would be times in Fortnite, right, where you would just drop with the intention of only doing a goal. You weren't trying to win. You were just trying to do a battle pass thing. Mm-hmm. So if your mission was a specific battle pass thing, depending on what your missions for the day were to get those battle pass points in Overwatch 2, you're playing on a team with, I believe it's five people in Overwatch. Uh, if you're not playing to win and you're playing to get the battle pass points, especially because you're just trying to get that character that does bring down everyone else, which does suck. Yeah, at least with Fortnite, they did away with the drop area specific thingies and made them a little easier, even though they were still areas, but they're less so. I don't know. I just remember the first battle pass for Fortnite being like pretty uh, malicious with like everybody has to go to Tomato Town and get kills here. And that being so damn annoying. Yeah, but at the uh, same time, doing stuff like that isn't so bad in Fortnite because you're either playing with your friends or you can drop solo. And mm-hmm. so you're not really hurting anyone, especially if you're playing with your friends and your goal for all of you is to accomplish the same goal to go do this thing. And you know that you're not there to win. You're just there to advance the battle pass. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it really depends how the battle pass works and stuff. I, yeah, overall, I'm kind of negative on this because like people are coming from overwatch one where they just have the characters automatically and then just having to unlock them but like you're gonna play anyways you're gonna unlock them anyways but yeah just like you said depending on how they do it if it's like play 10 games with this character and get x amount of kills then you're gonna have everybody pushing to play that one character or something which doesn't work because like there's only one character of that character on each team yeah it's gonna lead to some awkward situations yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Okay. 
What else do we got? Uh, we talk about AGDQ real quick because that's the thing we've talked about before. Um, so for the upcoming winter event, uh, they actually have announced that they are withdrawing their live event from Florida. Uh, it will be held entirely online. The reason they gave, uh, they criticized the state's handling of COVID-19. Uh, they've also criticized the state's, uh, quote, increasing aggression towards LGBTQ plus individuals. Uh, they cited the state's infamous don't say gay bill in it. They said, quote, we do not believe it is a safe place for our community at this time. Uh, so now the event is going to be entirely held online. Uh, this is going to happen from January 8th through 15th. They did say that they, uh, the problem was that they had secured the venue back in 2020. Uh, they had to delay the event until it was safe to return when it was clear that they wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, they were hoping to relocate before making this decision. They found out that the cost to both get out of the current venue contract and to also get into a contract for another venue would be too high. So that's why they chose not to do another place for a live event, because it literally would cost too much to do both. Yeah, I'm used to the live events for GDQ being like, at, they were at a specific place for the longest time, um, a specific building, but it wasn't in Florida. So then were they in different Florida. places for either, you know, SGDQ versus AGDQ? Um, I cannot remember. For the longest time, it was in like someone's basement at the start, but then it was like in DC, I believe. Um, whenever I did, uh, there was some big gaming of music gaming event I did. It was in DC, it was in the Gaylord Hotel, Magfest. It was Magfest. I believe it was the same building or a building near that building. So, and then maybe I believe whenever they went back to go, like whenever they took the break and they just did like the online only live streamed events, um, not in person ones. Uh, when they came back from those, maybe they did do a different location and maybe what they made, they just booked specific locations ahead of time. And this was one of the locations they booked. Yeah. Uh, they they had it uh, booked back in like 2020, and this was uh, around the start of COVID times or shortly before COVID times. I think it was around the start. Um, so obviously they had to put it on hold uh, for yeah. that venue specifically. Yeah, because the last one they did was an in-person one. Just in, what was it, SGDQ? Was AGDQ in person too? I think AGDQ was online. Okay, so the SGDQ wasn't online. I mean, yeah. in person. Yeah, but that was in a different area. I don't think it was in Florida. Yeah, I feel like it was maybe in the original one. So, yeah, so they probably just booked this one, then COVID happened, and then they had to just push it back to another time. Yeah. Um, that This is this sucks for, like, everybody, Um, just in general. Just, yeah, for, first off, Florida. Should have known who you're getting into, I guess. But those policies are dumb and bad. Just in Florida, Florida's being Florida again. Yeah, no one's surprised there. Um, this sucks for the speedrunners who may have like booked things ahead of time. I do think that this is early enough where they can, uh, with reasonable, you know, cause get out of it. Yeah, like, and there was some like. Hopefully, yes, that just absolutely just they get refunded for whatever they need, and then they could just whoever gets to do the online stuff can do the online stuff because like. We talked about some controversy with SGDQ with them taking certain runners off so they could fit in some other dumb incentives for money. Yeah. And then those runners having to come, like, they're like, oh, you're, you got a guaranteed slot. 
at the next in-person event. And, like, they had to do that, which was shitty on uh, Games Done Quick themselves. Like, shame on them for that. But, like, hopefully this wasn't the event those people were supposed to go to, because then they're just getting shafted all over again. Yeah. Um, not Games Done Quick's fault this time around. But, yeah, like... um. Yeah, I don't know what to say. This is this is just Florida being shitty. Yeah, this is definitely I don't think this is on GDQ. I think they made a conscious decision. I think this was uh partially like a protest type thing, but I also think this was legitimately uh like they said, we do not believe it is a safe place for our community at this time. There have been instant more rising instances incidences of uh, violence in America, gun violence, and especially when they're talking about LGBTQ plus stuff, um, there's been more violence on that front as well. And having just a place that uh, is like a hub where there's definitely been a lot more LGBTQ plus presence in GDQ uh, yeah. and more acceptance in that route as well. Um, having that place that is public, that is going to be open to the public is i mean open to the public as far as you know getting a ticket i assume and stuff like that uh is definitely unsafe in florida of all places yeah yeah probably not the not a safe space it's a sad thing to think about that we have to go there and think about that but it is something that is at that point i think in the united states where it's starting to be a thing that venues and uh showrunners and stuff like that people have to think about that now yeah this is how i imagine this is how parents are whenever they put their kids in the school <laughs> they're like i you yes. know <laughs> i guess i should probably just do homeschooling at this point because my child's likely to get shot in america <laughs> we live in indiana so imagine imagine um, carry indiana picture it it's on fire done <laughs> there's open carry here and i'm mm. anyways uh yeah, that's about it for that. Uh, it, it sucks for the for everyone involved. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to coordinate the online stuff. I know there's a lot of issues that arise on online uh, GDQ, but uh, hopefully, they'll be able to navigate it yeah. this year. Yeah, I will say at least they're pretty like due to COVID, they're already experienced with holding it, hosting it online. So it's not like this is a new thing. So they should be somewhat prepared at least just to be like, "Hey, we've done this before. We can do it again." Yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. Looking at the time. Maybe we have one time for one more thing, just because I think we did want to talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, so, don't need to get super in detail with this, but there is what was essentially a NFT bro. He's uh, called a, quote, NFT gaming consultant, uh, was musing on various uh gaming things related to nft uh the highlight of what he said was essentially something along the lines of having uh quote cheap labor uh from a developing country he was very specific in that um using them as npcs in a game uh this is crazy could you imagine like pitching this to someone be like God damn. <laughs> yeah, I just want to read the full quote because like uh just to clarify, he said 
with the cheap labor of a developing country, you could use people in the Philippines as NPCs, real life NPCs in your game. Uh, they could just populate the world, maybe do a random job or just walk back and forth fishing, telling stories, a shopkeeper. Anything is really possible. Wait, 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 wait. You tell me I could be an NPC and just do fishing all day and get paid for it? Mm. Yeah. Um, this was something that, the way I described it was I've never read or watched Ready Player One. If you told me that the plot for Ready Player One was someone had to go into the VR game and like liberate a bunch of third world like NPC slaves from like uh, an evil game corporation, I would I would believe you. I would wholeheartedly believe believe that that's what that show or that movie slash book is about. Yeah, and as someone who has read the book. And watch the movie. Um, you know, some portions of that aren't entirely too far off with like what's happening. I, I would say, with just like they they are essentially just there are people who do functionally act as NPCs in the book, and they're just doing like day to day jobs, just doing like what you would expect an NPC in World of Warcraft to do. Like, here's the person I go to to buy. I was gonna say ammo, but you don't even do that in WoW anymore. But yeah, like a functionally an NPC to like repair your gear or whatever. Like, yeah. So like that's yeah, that's not a bad far off analogy. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's other like awful quotes from this guy. Um, like there's stuff like when you when you read this stuff, uh, he talks about um, quote you have people that have money but don't have the time to play the game. And on the other hand, you have people that don't have money but have time. Uh, so they later talk about um, saying he sees a future where guild ownership and management could upend the model of wealthy Western players managing those in low-income countries. I, I hate this person. Yeah. So just trying to like dissect that, what it sounds a lot like is some weird like pit the poors against the rich people kind of thing. Yeah, or just have the rich control the poors. Like, Either one oh. is bad. Yeah, they're both bad. One, first of all, we already play mobile like mobile games or gotcha games where like there's well players. A well is a person who spends money and probably has time to also play the game. Where a free to play player has no money and they just try to play the game with minimal resources invested, essentially. And it's just like this is terrible. This is awful. Like we already have this dystopian portion of like our life already with like people already being like this, where you can already tell who's rich and who's poor or who wants to spend their life savings. Maybe not rich, but look rich. Like, yeah, I, this is terrible. It was just a very short thing I want to talk about. This is actually from, uh, like sort of, a uh, article. Uh, I'll put the link in, uh, the description of the podcast, but, uh, the name of it is they built a Minecraft crypto empire then it all came crashing down. Uh, this is by Niren Grade Desai. Um, yeah, this is just some like blurbs and quotes from it. Uh, just to give credit where credit is due. It was just one of those wild quotes you see where you're just like, what? This is where we're going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like to me, like, I don't want to be like here, this... but this is where we're going. <laughs> like, I feel like this is not a far off future. Like, we already played, like, whenever we played WoW, we've seen like, the Chinese gold farmers who would just spend their days killing like elementals and then 
making however much on the auction house and then selling that gold for real money to make like and then they would get paid in real life for their services for x amount of gold they sold so it's just like they are functionally npcs i guess but like we're not far off from this i feel like we also not to get too far into this we also have mmos where they just don't have npcs already and players function as like your vendors so and I, I can't put a name to them, but there are some MMOs where you can literally uh, carve out a quest and hand it to another player, and they could do whatever dumb task and bring back like ten bear asses or whatever. Yeah, it's um, pretty gross. Not far. not far from this dystopian future. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're running pretty long, so let's go ahead and talk about some upcoming games and head out. Yeah. Uh, the first thing you actually just added this here. Uh, so we'll talk about this first because that actually came out today as a recording. Um, I am Sakura Toho FPS game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this is a Toho finger quotations, a Toho game. So stereotypically when you hear Toho, you think of a bullet hell, like a Japanese bullet hell. That's what they're known for. with like anime girls story. I'm going to like offend people here, but story does not make sense. Um, but this one's like, a first person shooter and it looks like doom to me like if you just re-skinned the original doom and just put in like anime girls and then like a lot of just like enemies and stuff uh just like enemy spam and like they kept the whole thing of like if you get hit like once or twice you die <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know if it's worth like just reading over it but no that that's the gist of it i put it on there because it came out today Maybe I'll play this. I I don't think it's worth pay, paying eight dollars for, or even the reduced price of six seventy nine. Um, maybe just wait for it to be like fifty percent off, like all of these other like indie esque games. But like, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I just wanted to mention it. Yeah, I did remember seeing that while I was looking up games, and uh, I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so next up, we'll talk about one that I was excited for: uh, Metal Hellsinger. Uh, we don't have to go too into it because I did talk about it previously on previous yeah. podcasts, but this was the game for those of you who don't remember. It was a rhythm FPS for um, uh, demon slaying and stuff like that. It featured a lot of prominent metal artists that came together to make music for it. Uh, so it has a lot of like that sort of doom style, heavy metal, badass killing stuff, but it's more focused on the music specifically. Really fun time. Uh, I love the way that game works. I did play the demo. We both played the demo. Um, you, can still, you can still play it today if you want to. <laughs> yeah, it's still available. Uh, I don't know how much this game is going to cost. Uh, really trying well, you, to guess that in my head. Yeah, you want to take a guess at it and we could say what it was next week? Yeah. Uh, God, because it's like, it doesn't seem quite like a AAA. Not to no. critique on like... It's just not. It's just yeah, not. it seems more like a AA game. Uh, which is fine. Uh, that makes me think something along the lines of, I want to say 50. I think I'm going to go with 50. Oh, man. Really? I think it's worth you, you, 60. Maybe you don't want to give it like a range, maybe. I would say 40 gonna... to 50. If I'm going to give it a range. I was going to go like 25 to like 35. Oh, okay. Maybe it's because um, I'm valuing it quality wise. It's just that it has a uh, lot going for it in the production of it. I absolutely. Think. There's a lot of big artists on here. Um, metal art singers, artists. Um, but like, 
I'm not saying because of the way it looks or anything or how it plays. It's very unique, very cool. But like, um, it's like a double A game. So that's what I normally find double A's to be at, like maybe forty dollars stereotypically. But like, I feel like it'll be a twenty-five to thirty-five dollar game. Uh, we'll see next week on our little <laughs> okay guess here. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, on September fifteenth. Uh, next game is also September 15th, and it's also a game that I've talked about. So uh, this one's called Four Tales. Um, this one was one that was sort of a adventure card game. The idea was that you played through uh, your own decks. Uh, each deck, you sort of drew cards to uh, see what kind of events you got, and then you tried to play whatever resources you had to complete the card. Uh, you would have tasks that come up, uh, independent of the cards that you would be trying to complete sort of a like a zone and that's what the cards represented uh, it was really cool because it had a lot of uh, interesting ways uh, you didn't have to do combat necessarily when combat arose there was a negotiation period where you could pay off uh, certain enemies with whatever you felt whatever resource was going to work for them some took money some took food uh, another version of currency was sort of like, uh, your, like, I can't remember what they called it in the game, but it was essentially like your, like, uh, respect or like clout, or I guess like your doom or whatever, like the fact that you've killed things before, uh, sort of, so you okay. could pay off with that and like scare them off. Uh, and if you did that enough, you could get everyone's morale to go to zero and they would just run away. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to play the demo of this. I never ended up playing demo. I said I would. I even downloaded it. Then I was like, ah, with just too many other things going on. Um, yeah. I just remember the art, the art being really pretty. Yeah, um, it's got that uh, really nice cartoon vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we can move on here. Uh, Wayward Strand is also coming out on September 15th. Uh, did you want to talk about this one real quick, Beck? Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, this was not on my radar, by the way. You, you brought this up to me, and I was like, oh, I'll look into it. Yeah. So, okay. Wayward Strand is a heartfelt story told in a curious way. Hop aboard an airborne hospital and meet its fully voiced cast of, uh, electric characters. I don't know if that's the right word. Eclectic. It, electic. Eclectic. What is that? Eclectic? Yeah. Okay. Eclectic characters. <laughs> Learned a new word today. Um, as time passes for everyone on board, explore the interwoven lives of the patients and staff. Um, discover something new on each and every playthrough. Uh, so this game is like a, not a point and click, but just like a story rich game of like, just going through the motions. Like it's not like an action game, but it looked very like, uh, I want to say what's the word? heartwarming to me and just conceptually a cool idea of like this um flying hospital <laughs> yeah like in a, 1978 yeah so it's kind of like oh rustic kind of not like steampunk but like not super futuristic or anything yeah it's like, like 70s household vibes like if you think of what a house looked like uh decor wise in the 70s it kind of looks like that yeah it's got a very good vibe atmosphere going for it other voice acting is pretty good uh yeah i yeah i just thought that was worth 
you know, reading its little blurb <laughs> summary. Yeah. Me. When I was looking at the trailer for the game, it doesn't look like it's a game that has like winning or losing in it. It looks like the whole point is that you're just exploring the world they gave you and trying to meet the people in it, trying to learn more about them. There's different outcomes based on how you approach it. So you can have multiple playthroughs where you learn something new about characters that you might not have known otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Like a visual novel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I probably won't end up playing this myself, but I'll definitely maybe like watch a video on it or something. I just liked the idea of a floating hospital and all the things that can happen. Yeah. On it. Okay. Uh, we can move on to the, uh, the next game, which is also coming out September 15th. Uh, this is the last one that's coming out on September 15th. Luckily, this one is blind fate. Edo no Yami. Uh, did you look into this one back? No, I didn't look too far into it. I watched a trailer of it. Uh, I could read a little summary for it. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, dive into a world that mixes sci-fi and ancient tradition. Slash through robots with a trusty katana. Use high-tech implants to navigate the surroundings, dodge enemy attacks, and land devastating finishers. Reclaim the past following the way of the Japanese samurai in the, the fantastic period of New Edo. <laughs> so this is kind of like cyberpunk japan samurai style like street samurais and stuff but very edgy cyberpunk <laughs> yeah it's a cyberpunk version of or like sci-fi version of edo japan like they they made a new edo and it's just yeah. the same vibe but with robots uh i was looking at this one it's pretty cool for a couple of reasons uh first of all gameplay wise it's like very hack and slash uh kind of side scroll uh i think it's exclusively side scrolling i haven't seen any yeah. examples otherwise yeah, side scrolling um, flash for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh one of the interesting things, your character goes blind at some point in the game. And oh. so the idea behind it is you can still visually see things, but your character has to use their other senses. And the way that appears to play out is that you can select one of the senses to use, and then it cor it sort of uh visually plays out kind of like in Assassin's Creed when you had like the eagle vision. Uh where like you would use the vision and you would see like things highlight. Uh, in certain ways uh a similar vibes uh just based on which sense you use and it can be used in combat to help you ascertain their uh like weak points and stuff like that uh it's also interesting the enemies uh the enemies are basically uh like robotic versions of folk tale like folklore characters or like um characters uh like monsters and stuff like that so you have like robotic yokai and stuff like that, for example. Yeah, really, really awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I actually had to like watch a trailer, though, because if you look at the screen caps, some of them are just very bright and it's hard to understand what's going on. So that's one of those games where you really have to like watch the gameplay to understand what's going on. Uh, but it looks pretty cool. Like I, I like I'm always down for anything that showcases like folklore for a certain, um, you know, culture i always like learning about that kind of stuff and or even if you don't learn about it just seeing it is pretty cool yeah like i i do really enjoy the idea of like the folklore but cyberpunk <laughs> like that's it's a good approach <laughs> yeah uh, i also didn't know about the whole blind aspect of it like the senses so yeah 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 all right that's coming out september 15th um Next one is coming out on September 19th. It's the uh, highly anticipated Return to Monkey Island. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people are waiting for a sequel to 
Monkey Island. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can go ahead and read the little blurb for this one. Uh, very short. Return to Monkey Island is an unexpected, thrilling return of series creator Ron Gilbert that continues the story of the legendary adventure games. Yeah, um, so this is a Monkey Island. It's a point and click. Like, legitimately, like, uh, this is like what people think of when they hear point and click. It's <laughs> old Island. school point and click. That's Monkey yeah. Island. Yeah. I can't um, say I know much about the older games other than what they were. Yeah, I think I've seen people play them and talk about them. Like, I played King's Quest as far as point and clicks go. Okay. And that was that was on floppy disk. Um did not play Monkey Island though. Yeah. I and I will say I do not enjoy point and clicks. I'm good on these. Yeah. Um I'd be in a certain mood, I think. Yeah. Vibing. Yeah. <laughs> the mood would be for me. Like I, I, I think I'm just past these as far as being a gamer goes like obviously the storytelling and comedy is normally amazing in these but like it's not for me yeah people will be playing this you will definitely hear about it if you're in the gaming world because people are nostalgic for monkey island yeah absolutely uh last one we got here is solstice this is coming out uh september 20th solstice is spelled s-o-u-l uh to clarify because we're in a vocal auditory medium and there's a word that's called solstice that isn't yeah that. yeah so when you go google this you're gonna get the solstice like you gotta google it the right way yeah <laughs> the right spelling it's felt like clarifying uh, yeah uh i'll do a little thing uh explore a dark world brimming with hidden mysteries master a diverse combat system and inhabit the dual forces of two sisters and a coming-of-age dark fantasy story fast-paced action vicious enemies and spectacular boss fights um so there's a demo for this and i did see the whole entire demo so i do have comments on it okay um so the gameplay is very much devil may cry style combat combat so very fast like if you didn't play devil may cry i think kind of god of war but faster yeah um so you're like you build up combo meter till you get hit or till combat ends and then you like you get like a score like oh you did like an a or an s or whatever or or if maybe you did bad you did like a d and like as you do the combat it's going to capture like all the stuff you did so maybe you did like a heavy hit like a sword or like an axe or a mace or whatever and it's going to record and capture that you did that and then like because you're playing two characters it'll also capture all the other characters like uh, magic attacks that you are throwing out too because you're you're kind of two characters combined you're in the story you're like a it's called a chimera, but not like a traditional chimera. You're just two sisters bound together. Um, uh, so the two characters are Briar, which is like your kind of like your fighter melee character. She she uses these huge uh, weapons, like a very large sword and uh, other very large weapons. And then the other other sister is, I believe, Loot, and she's like your ghost sister caster character who does all the like mischief and i think whenever i saw the one boss fight she um diverted bullets like you'd like they'd be like incoming attack press b and it would she'd like divert them and stuff okay um, yeah <laughs> uh one thing i did like and this is just such a stereotypical thing for me to say i really liked briar's design the the fighter sister the heavy armor yeah she's yeah. got like I love 
female fighter characters. She's got like the great heavy armor going on, but she also has an anime design to her where, where she's just completely missing a pant leg. <laughs> just like <laughs> love it. Ten out of ten. Great design. <laughs> yeah. There's something about the general design of the characters in it based on like trailers and what I've seen. Uh, I don't know what about it catches me. It's definitely like a positive, but like I, I can't explain why I like it. Uh, just something about their design uh, looks good to me. And I, I wish I could put that into words, but there's something about it that catches my eye. Yeah, very, very edgy. She, uh, Briar does have a huge pauldron, so maybe that's the World of Warcraft coming out on you. We're used to whole, whole, huge armor pieces, and wow. <laughs> maybe. I was also thinking the enemies, too. Like, just in general, just everything that I see is like, yeah, this is working. Yeah, uh, this also reminded me a little bit of Darksiders, but not as stylized as such. Yeah. Where, where Darksiders almost had that, like, very much a style going for it. Like, you could tell if you looked at Darksiders architecture, you'd be like, yes, that's Darksiders. I would say the world doesn't look as interesting to me as much as the characters and the enemies do. That was something I was actually going to bring up, too, is I like that this game isn't trying hard to build the world. There can be world building without, like, focusing on it. I think that, like, as more of a new IP, the best thing to do is to build up your character first. And that looks like what they're going for story-wise. They're not really talking... I didn't hear anything in the trailers, anything in reading about stuff about the world. It was only focused on the characters, which is a great way to start something for people that are not in the world, like that haven't been introduced to it before, because yeah. you want that idea of like, you want to be connected to the character first. And then from there, you want to, as the character, know more about the world is ideally how it goes, I think, narrative wise. Yeah, like that'll pull people in and be like, this character's really interesting and cool looking, and then that'll pull someone in. But it also doesn't hurt to have an interesting architecture or something going on, or like the world doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah, because like whenever I did look into it too, or at least the demo of it, it, it did seem they were just trying to like reclaim a city, or like it was mostly like a castle, I believe, is what they were going towards. And a lot of the storytelling was just focused on their problems and what's going on with them as the, as the characters. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to say on it. Um, if you know how Devil May Cry or a fast-paced um, God of War plays, then that's pretty much how this is going to play. There's like skill trees and stuff expected for most games these days. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Seems pretty interesting. It'll uh, be yeah. nice. This is another one we don't know the price for yet. Yeah, this is another one which, if I was to guess, because this is double-A kind of not a triple a kind of the same area where hellsinger is where i put hellsinger on the lower end of prices i would also put this one probably in that 40 to 50 range maybe okay see i would go like 30 for this one but i could okay, understand so if we're, it was higher we're on the reverse of these where yeah. you see hellsinger and you're like i see all the talent and everything in the music and stuff and just being like that higher end where i i see this game and i'm i feel different okay like, yeah, I think yeah. that like this one doesn't look bad by any means. And I think that if it costs like 40 or 50, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. But I also think that like 30 would also make sense for yeah. this one. Yeah, I, I, I would also perfectly be like, yep, look, 30's cool, 40's cool, 50's cool. Now 60, I'd be like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm not saying that stopped me from buying it. I'm probably not going to buy any games for a bit because I'm playing Splatoon. And we all just dropped $60 on that game. So, but still, like, I would respectively understand if Hellsinger and this both went for the same price. Like, a, so I, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. I would put this one on the higher end of our low prices and then Hellsinger on the lower end and then your vice versa. Yeah. And we will say what they end up being whenever we come back next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. That was the last one. I think we're pretty clear to yes. uh just head on out of here and uh do whatever we're doing the rest of the night. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us here, everyone. Thank you for listening and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to do your dailies and your weeklies.